Hey guys, it's Blush Cameron with another new episode of my new podcast. Uh, it's been a while. Uh, sorry I haven't kept up with this project very well at all. <laughs> it's been, um, I've been going through a lot of life changes the past few months. Um, I moved to Brooklyn at the start of November, um, which I'm loving. I'm very glad that I'm here. It was a scary decision to make, but... Um, I'm so happy that I went through with it. Um, I also started and ended a relationship since the last episode came out, and that um, that consumed a big chunk of my life for the past couple months. Um, I liked the person a lot, but we went through a kind of drawn-out and painful breakup process that I only just last week got closure on. And um, it's been probably the most confusing breakup that I've experienced because really all the pain stemmed from our communication and baggage just being like polar opposites. When we would hang out and things were good, it was great. And like we got along so well and had so much fun together. But whenever there was an issue it was a big issue <laughs> and it's just like we couldn't find the right communication to settle anything or make each other like comfortable I guess um, so we had a couple big arguments last week it was kind of like a crescendo of pain I guess I would describe it and the finale got really intense and kind of toxic which was shocking to me um, I eventually found a way to bring closure to the situation at least for me but then I spent the next like four days just thinking nonstop and contemplating what just happened and what would have what had happened in the weeks leading up to it and what did she do wrong and what did I do wrong and could I have done things differently and you know why did it happen like that and um, I felt hurt and angry and embarrassed and confused and sad and, <laughs> and exhausted. Um, like the first day I literally sat on my bed and just thought about it all from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. No joke, <laughs> like literally 12 hours of thinking and doing pretty much nothing else. I mean, I did a little bit of other stuff, like I've been writing songs and things like that and going for walks and playing games. But that first day, every time I'd try to get up, I'd just like sit back down immediately. <laughs> and I felt very weighted and heavy. I can't recall feeling like that after a breakup before. It was very confusing and intense, and um, she's not a bad person at all. And I think she's super cool and like has swag and whatever still. So I'm hoping we could be friends after some time passes. She has her issues she needs to work on, and I definitely have my own issues that I need to work on. So we're doing that now, and I'm proud of both of us in the end. But anyways, um, been working on a lot of new music, like I said, been writing a lot of songs. I have the new album demoed, and we're shopping it around, around to labels. Um, I think I'll go into more detail about that in the next episode. I don't want this intro to be too long. I got a complaint on YouTube saying the intro is boring and I talk too slow. <laughs> uh, you know, you're allowed to skip the intro. And if you're listening on YouTube, there's like a built-in feature to speed up the playback all the way up to something like five times normal speed. <laughs> so I suggest looking into that if you're one of those people 
who's bored um, and thinks I talk too slow. Today's guest is Luke Hendricks from the band Teenage Halloween. Teenage Halloween is a pop-punk power-pop band from Asbury Park, New Jersey, and they just released a new self-titled album a few months back that was really well-received and has some great songwriting on it. I think Luke writes really great hooky melodies and has an interesting perspective a lot of things. I first met them playing in Asbury Park with my old band Comps, and they were such a pleasure to hang out with and to watch play and really outgoing and super nice people. Uh, which is why I was excited to talk to Luke on the pod. I think we had a great conversation about living in New Jersey and Philly and their respective scenes and getting into alt and queer culture and how writing, you know, how to write politics, write about politics, I mean, um, in music. And we talk about other bands we like. And of course, we talk about the new album. Um, oh, and we talk about Luke's hot sauce ventures. <laughs> They've been making hot sauce. And I uh, actually bought some, and it was great. Uh, I ordered some from Luke. Um, I think it's called Complete Goner Hot Sauce. You just look that up on Instagram, but I'll also leave a link in the description. Uh, so anyways, yeah, it was awesome. I'm really appreciative that Luke took the time to talk to me. And enough of me talking. Here's some more talk. <laughs> Enjoy the show. I'm good. Yeah, I um, I was just um, I was out this morning because it's really nice out. So I took a walk, and it was just really good because it's actually it's finally like cold, which is like a great feeling because it was like two weeks ago and then it got um super hot again so i stayed inside i kind of thrive in the fall so that was like it's great when it gets like nice and cold i feel that for sure i'm definitely a fall weather type of person uh yeah are you in new brunswick no i'm in asbury park i live um probably five minutes away from like five to ten minutes away from downtown. I bet that's really nice. Yeah, no, it's good. It um, it's definitely its own vibe, and it's definitely um, it's interesting in its own way. But when this time of year starts, it's when it's a really wonderful place to live because the um, the like it, they call it like local summer because that all the tourists leave when um like the first week of September starts. So we're, we're definitely like into the part where like all the townies and all the people that live in town are just like, I'm like kind of like enjoying the town now because that like, we've all kind of stayed in because it gets too condensed and, and like definitely too, um, especially this year with COVID definitely too, um, too wild. Yeah. How, how's the area handling covid and whatnot and how are you and how are you doing with it good yeah the people that live in town are handling it great like but the tourists aren't like so in asbury park a lot of um people come from different places and they don't wear masks and the the town has been very on top of it actually and um but like the yeah like everyone that doesn't live there kind of has been bringing it 
a lot more. Annoying. Um, and it's like, and it's like, no one would have any problem if people just did what they were supposed to do, but that's not the case. Man, but, um, it, it is so crazy just how impossible it is to get everybody on the same page. Yeah, about something that like could kill them. It's crazy. <laughs> um, I feel like the. Um, I feel like I've been doing fine during this. I do miss like friends and seeing like people all the time, but I, um, I feel like the, um, I feel like the, like the break from life for a little bit has been very nice. Mm -hmm. I feel like I've, um, I feel like I've done a lot of internal work throughout this because it's been like very, um, it's been good time to reflect and shit's not all in your face right now. Mm -hmm. So it's been like, it's been a good time to just like sit back and be like, all right, these are some things I can do better once like seeing people happens again and stuff like that. And like, you can like really chill and mull over like thoughts about like internal work. Yeah. I feel that I took like uh, a couple months off of like really thinking about anything and just was able to, you know, hone in on vegging out basically and just like watching mm -hmm. movies and playing video games. And it's really nice because normally there's so many distractions, you know, and like, yeah, yeah. So many responsibilities. And I've been on unemployment, so I've been very lucky to be able to just be at home. Yeah, yeah. It could be, um, it could be wildly unhealthy to, um, could be wildly unhealthy to be super busy. And, um, I think that this has been, um, this has been a really good time to just um to just like sit back and take take in the fact that you have been working hard in your life like in like the recent years and like this is like a good point to like this is a good point to like just kind of like like think about what you're going to do next. Definitely a good point good good part good time of the the world for nihilists and a great time <laughs> in the world for dreamers. So it's mm -hmm. like kind of um kind of definitely like one of those like in the middle points like we're definitely in limbo so um so you're 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 living in asbury park but you're from new brunswick no i um i moved to new brunswick when i was 18 for like a oh. year and then i left and then moved to philly for like six months and then moved back to asbury park um i'm i'm here now i was born here Oh. Um, I was planning to move to NYC around this time, but door, like the whole, um, the whole thing that happened has made that not a doable thing, but yeah, no, I'm in Asbury park right now and it's pretty fine. Weird. What was it like growing up there? Um, it was good. Um, you definitely find, um, you find a different, um, you find different things that you like about a place throughout time. And I feel like with Asbury park, it's like I, when I was younger, I really liked how like vibrant it was and how much like, how much like the beach was a thing and like how much, um, how much energy is there. And like, I feel like as I've gotten a lot older, I've been like, been like more into like solitude when it comes to this town. And I feel mm -hmm. like I really, I really have de definitely liked that. Like, festival vibe a lot less yeah um now it's like like the good things about the town now for me are like either very late at night when 
most people go home from bars and you're just like with people from town or very early in the morning when you're taking like a nice walk and you get like that, like you get that like beach breeze and stuff. And I, I really like that. Like that whole, like there's not a lot of people around and it's just like the breeze. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. We, we played there that one time with y'all. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, my drummer Charlie Charlie was stoked to go to um, what was what's that other venue around there called? That's kind of like famous, like, the Stone Pony, right? That's it. Yeah, he was like so, you know, touristy about it. He wanted to get a picture out front. It was really funny. I mean, yeah, no, it's um, it sucks because that place, like, that place was really amazing back in the day, for like um, for like like artists that were up and coming and it definitely um it got bought out because of the touristiness of it by like the main gentrifiers in town so sadly it's like now just like a really corporate place Mm. um like bruce springsteen and like the new york dolls got their start there right and um it kind of um like over time with like just like how gentrification goes like different aspects buying out the town ended up buying that space are there still kind of like alternative type of spaces um yeah there? yeah like the like the brewery in town is like a decently alternative type space but we're definitely lacking that we um we go up to new brunswick to play shows a lot because it's only like 30 minutes away so that's where like most of it happens nowadays um yeah and the shore just deals with a lot of um deals with a lot of like venues shutting down and coming up and it's like one of those things where it's like it's like so undecided all the time that like there's been like that there's like five venues a year yeah geez yeah yeah that like come up and leave yeah i mean i guess it's the same similarly anywhere but um you know at least in a place like philly there's always a lot of options even though places are coming and going yeah and there's some like long-standing contenders so how did you get into kind of alternative music and going to shows and whatnot um i would say that i got into it just through like through like like um listening to like more like cringy popular alternative bands and like going to those kind of shows and just kind of like slowly like like from things like warp tour and like mm. bamboozle and all those like those like cringy festivals and like just slowly getting into different styles of music through like just going to shows and like your cha- your music taste just slowly changing because mm-hmm. at a lot of those kind of things that like there's always like there's always like one good band and then you're just like oh that's really cool and then you find out bands that are like that and I kind of like I think I think I went down like a musical rabbit hole when I was younger trying to find as many bands as possible and then I started trying to find out when they came to town and then it just started like, I just started going to more shows and then I would like try and listen to the opening bands and stuff. And then the opening bands would be playing like smaller, smaller shows in town. And it, I kind of found, found like 
my place in music through just like doing a whole lot of research, like whenever like bands came to town and stuff. Were you active online? Um, a little bit, but less on social media, more so on like if I see like a, a ticket link to a show, I would like I would like look up the bands and stuff and like find their like reverb nations. Interesting. And, like shit like that. And then like you find out where they're playing and stuff and then you go. Uh yeah, when I think about you and your band and you know, everybody from around that area, I think of people that are very active, you know, in the scene and very outgoing and um do you feel like it's like that yeah i do we we're all like we're in a smaller scene than like a lot of places so like we definitely all really try to be like social and welcoming just because that we do um like our scene is very like maybe like only like 20 people come to shows so we're like we're definitely like not to get our scene bigger, but like we just know everyone that comes to all of our shows, so it's like a lot less awkward. Mm-hmm. But that's because that like the whole community that we're in is like a suburb community, so it's like everyone's known each other since like high school and shit. How was your time in Philly? Good, yeah, I liked it a lot. I thought it the only my only qualm with it was just like. I wasn't ready for a little bit more of a polarizing scene. Yeah. And like, that is like, that is like cool as fuck though. It like, I, w- I was talking to, um, me and my friend, Doug Dolgarian were mm-hmm. talking about how, like, how like it really grounds you as an artist to just, um, to like realize that, like we talked about this a couple years ago, actually, like it just stuck with stuck with me because like, like when Doug moved to town, we were talking about how like when you go to Philadelphia, you realize that you're not shit when you feel like you're like a lot like more awesome because that you're like in a um because that you're in your hometown and like everyone's just like aware of your presence and stuff. Mm-hmm. So like when you go to Philly, it's very grounding. When I moved there, I wasn't ready for that, so I, I was definitely, like, not in the best place. But I feel like that was, like... I feel like that scene was really cool because it makes you work harder and harder to make, like... to make, like, better songs and stuff to, like, stick out. Yeah, my my experience was similar. Um, I... I didn't come here thinking, you know, that I was, you know, the shit or anything like that, but I yeah. wasn't expecting people to be so kind of like uh, cold you know i you know because yeah. I'm, I'm from michigan and it's very Everyone's similar nice. how um everyone is really involved and you can make friends really easy and here it's like i just nothing <laughs> has worked for i mean i have some friends here now that are from philly and have lived here but um you know there are a bunch of splintered scenes and different cliques and none of them care about anything let alone you being involved, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. And it's like, I didn't come in thinking I was the shit either, but I just wasn't ready for like restarting my whole thing, like showing up and being like, damn, this is going to be like a new beginning for me. That is like on another level of like new, like I I'm like, I'm 16 again where no one knows who the fuck I am. And that's like, 
and that's like cool. That's just like it. It definitely was like it was. I was in like a place where my head was not in a place to like be like social and making new friends. So when I moved there, it definitely was a rude awakening because like everyone was like, "Yo, Philly is the shit." Like if you move there, everyone is gonna be like so nice and stuff like that. <laughs> And, like, I was like, oh, cool. And then I did. And then it was definitely different. But, like, I appreciate it in a lot of ways. Yeah. Where where in New York would you move to? Oh, I was thinking about moving to Brooklyn because, like, most of my friends are there. Um, yeah. I have so many good friends in, like, Bushwick, Bed-Stuy, and Queens that I was thinking about going there because also, like, half of my band is there. Mm. So it's, like it definitely would help us because that we could write a lot more and stuff. Yeah, you should. I'm, I'm about to move to Brooklyn myself. Very um, cool. And it, it, you know, it's funny my experience with, with, uh, New York is people there are more like enthusiastic and outgoing than they are in Philly, which is kind of surprising. Yeah. I, um, I agree with that, but it also is like, it's also wild because it's like, Cause it's also like, you can like not, um, like it's just hard to, um, hard to go through it, you know? Like yeah. it's like weird to, it's like really, really wild place. <laughs> yeah. It's impossible, you know, to live there. Um, but, but did you have a band before Teenage Halloween at all? Did I did, but it, it was a lot more, um, I would say that it's a lot more, um, like those bands were way less serious and more just like jamming and stuff. Mm. Yeah. But teenage Halloween was kind of like my, um, my, like, I'm going to start a band and write songs kind of band. Word. So like you, you kind of had an intention of like taking it seriously and how did, how did it, um, form for you? And like, what was that like starting the band? Um, I started in high school. I was like 16. I was a sophomore. Um, I wanted to be like neutral milk hotel and I like went so like played solo shows for a while. And then I had friends in my high school band, like high school band that I would ask to play horns for me. And then Hakeem who's still in the band said, yeah. Mm -hmm. And we kind of took it from there and like kept going. And it was, um, it definitely started as a more, um, it started as a less serious thing than it is now, but I definitely had the intention on doing it for a long time because it was like really empowering for me when I was do when I was like closeted and doing not well at all mm. to sing songs that are like kind of like liberating in a way from like the um like liberating in a way from like the the like the claws of being like being like um socialized as straight right um so i um it was it was weird for me because it did start as just a band about like being sad but it like started like i started writing a lot more songs and the songs ended up being more like about queerness because i think a lot of my sadness was based in um a lot of my sadness was based in like just like repressed queer feelings and it, yeah, and it turned into that because of that. And it kind of like, 
I, I, it was at first like a lot, like an excuse to party with my friends. And then my, my song started like kind of progressing and making me feel complex feelings. So I, I definitely got more serious with it. Do you think it helped your confidence with that stuff? And being yeah, more open I would about say it? that music as a whole definitely did because I didn't know other like gay freaks until I started playing shows and going to places like Philly and Brooklyn, like like and like Massachusetts and stuff. I um was seriously like like I had on like mainly straight friends. Um I had um a lot of like it like internal socialization issues that I, I was dealing with because of like my parent my my like parents definitely played a role in wanting me to um wanting me to do certain things that would make me um that would make me fit in a lot more. And um the fact that and like when Hakeem agreed to join the band we would talk about how we're both kind of like gay, but don't talk about it. And that really helped me because that we, um, we were able to like kind of create like this, like feeling of solidarity together. That's and awesome. it, yeah, no, definitely. And it was crazy because that we both like, we both started doing this band and they were like telling me, like we were talking about like, queerness and stuff and it was um and it was helpful for me because i i think that a lot of the underlying meanings to a lot of my earlier songs that i wrote were kind of just like i'm gay but i feel like i'm in a trap and like i feel like i can't talk about it without saying any like queer buzzwords right yeah, yeah. One, of, one of the lyrics from the new album that stuck stuck out to me was i grew up with horrible people giving horrible advice is that, can you talk on about that at all? Is that like based on something specific? Yeah, it's kind of based on, um, based on like being a suburb kid that grew up around like, grew up around like slurs and, um, and like bigotry and things that, um, things that were deemed as normal that were totally not okay. Um, like being like a person that sees, a person that like sees this as normal and then sees that there's people suffering around them. And then it's kind of like a, a very, very weird, um, like just like spurt of like empathy that hits. Yeah. That's really interesting. I think that's a great line. It's so like Thanks. relatable and, um, uh, direct without being like too on the nose, you know, They're very, very applicable. Yeah, I want to um I really wanted to write a lot of lyrics on this new record that pertain to the fact that like the music community does expect you to have a level of morale and a level of like in a level of like definite like for lack of a better term wokeness just cuz I don't want to mull over different words um and it's a lot of this record is about how like sometimes we aren't socialized that way and have to learn how to um how to like gain empathy and respect for other people mm-hmm. even though even though like it's it's not just like given to you when you're born like you have to like 
like you have to gain those shared experiences growing up to be able to fully understand the struggle of other people around you. Yeah, that's um, so real. Yeah, people, yeah, people and it's really like need to learn empathy. Yeah, and it's also like I wanted to focus on the fact that like everyone learns at different points, and there is a um, like we have all been like not great in the past and it's just about how like i wanted to write a lot about how like growing as a person doesn't um like it's like you shouldn't be ashamed of and like how you should be like you should be definitely like you should be proud of yourself for even like little steps because that this world is so fucked and old and like the people that are making the people that are making actual effort to um to change and um cater to the needs of the people around them are like people that actually are good people and it's like sometimes hard to um it's hard to think about that when you're like in like a very like strong yielding like activist mood and like i i just wanted to write a record that's like oh we should like sit back and think about everyone's shared struggle yeah i think that's a really important message and i think you succeeded with that how is, yeah, thank you. How is um, how do you write a song, and how did the new album, the self-titled album, come together? Yeah, so I I have OCD, and my thoughts are always like ringing in my brain. So I'm like, I deal with a lot of intense, intense feelings that I have about current events, about um about just like things in general. So like writing songs for me is very therapeutic. It's kind of like journaling. Mm -hmm. So the, this record I've tried very hard to make more of like a, like, like more of a, um, like definitely a statement about like collected trauma that we've all had like throughout like growing. And I think that a lot of the songs that I've been writing are just kind of like, I, I wanted to write about like each song about a different topic that kind of fucks me up. So I, it was kind of a challenge about, um, it, it felt like a challenge with myself about like vulnerability. I think that's a good approach and um, way to think about those topics because and it's yeah. a way to sing about those topics too, because you know, there I see more, I don't see it as much in like the Indian DIY scene. It's oddly enough, like more like big and established bands making explicit political songs, like mm -hmm. singing about quarantine or singing about <laughs> Donald Trump or something. And it comes off as like quaint or something. And like, I, I don't think it is effective at all, but when you approach it from more of like a, um, I don't want to say cerebral, but like, uh, thoughtful kind of like not necessarily this one's specific news bite news piece or whatever you're singing about something more complex than that and how you feel and how the people around you feel and um i think that's how you kind of write you should write political songs these days you yeah know, in that way um uh, one of the most important things that i was ever told that really stuck with me from a friend is that true anarchism comes from liberating yourself 
from the cops that um, like liberating yourself from the cops that oppress you. So it's like taking, taking the things that tie your brain down, like an oppressive, like governmental force and trying to free yourself from that. So I feel like, I feel like for me, like, like being like a punk and political band can be political by talking about freeing yourself from bad things that like attack you. Right. Like, I think that like, like I felt like a lot of like these songs about like liberating yourself from like not being the best person and like trying to learn, trying to like understand is like political in its own sense because it's like, cause like self growth and like minor changes you make in yourself are like, incredibly important to changing the world as a whole because if everyone did that it would be um a better place like even like i'm not saying that i'm like a hero or anything i just think that like everyone that puts work into themselves could change the world for sure i definitely agree um yeah so how there was a bit of time between the first ep the eternal roast ep and the yes newly released self-titled was that were you just writing that whole time or like collecting material? Yeah. Also going through lineup changes, um, people that I hold dear to me, um, like leaving and coming in and like feeling like, and like going through some, some not great stuff too. And just, um, trying to gauge that, like set me off from writing songs for a little bit. Um, but I ended up um, writing most of this record in the last year and a half. Oh, interesting. And we kind of like knew that it was time to either put out a record or not be a band. So the the goal was that it was like we had to get this done. Like we ended up trying to set a deadline. We ended up trying to get everything ready. Like no matter what. And it ended up happening and like the last like four songs were written within like the three months before we went in. Wow. So, um, that they were, they were rushed in a sense, but they feel like the best songs because I think I did grow as a writer personally. So I, I think that like when we got those songs done, it felt very, um, it felt very good because that we were like, Oh, we, we just kind of like, we just kind of like have evolved like musicians do. So it's, it felt very, very solid to finally like put out new things. Were there any like specific influences, influences you had, um, going into this? I would actually, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, um, was really into like built the built to spill and the halo benders and I really like Velvet Underground, Guided by Voices. Um, I like fifties music a whole lot. Um, when I was when I was getting into the studio, I was actually like really into Defiance, Ohio. Mm. So that was like a that was a band that was really important to me around that time. Um, I I have um I have always been into like Elliot Smith and Heat Miser. Um, the marked men, like all those, like all those weird bands, like super chunk. Um, 
like duster the replacements like all that kind of stuff was like really important to me like around this record also like dinosaur jr and the breeders there's so much more but yeah that kind of stuff is like that kind of stuff is like what's up those are all great that you listed those are all amazing bands yeah yeah like i i remember i'm actually looking at my spotify like around when i recorded it i literally just looked up like a old playlist and i was into like i see like archers of loaf the jesus lizard plastic ono band um smashing pumpkins you should like uh, post this playlist publicly so your fans can check it out i will yeah honestly oh that's hilarious rage against the machines in there but that that's because that that band is sick um they are yeah yeah um speaking of the halo benders i actually opened for calvin johnson one time can you believe that i can that's really cool i um I really like his songs. He he seems like an interesting, weird person. So weird. Re- yeah, yeah, really weird. Way. Um, but in, yeah, he's he's definitely like he's definitely like a very one of a kind person. I, I feel like the 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 way that he the way that he presents himself and the way that he plays is very um. It's so not normal that it just works so well. Um, that's awesome, though. That you was it? Um, did he do like selector dub narcotic at the time? No, uh, he had a band with him, like um, you know, a rock band, and uh, oh, that's great. I, I, I mean, I'm sure it's just selected songs from his. Or he had a new album at the time. That's what it was. Um, yeah, yeah. No, his music's really weird. I, I, I was really into. Um, I had like a really big thing for like Tiger Trap and stuff and like be yeah. happening and like the Go Team for sure. Dude, for a I while. love the Go Team. Yeah, I'm like, do you know Heavenly? No, I don't know that one. Yeah, no, all that kind of stuff was like super important to me. So it, it's that's cool that you played with him. Um, that K Records thing is just out of control. It's very like. Um, it's very like you can do this no matter who you are kind of thing. It's cool. Yeah. Like music is like it's like the it's like that kind of like that like twee like indie rock stuff from the West Coast was the epitome of like anyone can play music and it's good, like the most accessible type thing. Yeah, if people are unfamiliar listening, they should check out um uh some beat happening live. Like search up um yeah also mecca normal yeah beat happening black candy on youtube the live video of them playing that is really inspiring because they i mean maybe it's a bit maybe they're doing an act a little bit but you know they barely are playing their instruments it's really um funny and inspiring also like that band mecca normal is really good and like bunny grunt like if you listen to those kind of bands play live it's the same kind of thing where it's like this is like like if you feel like you're not like a great guitar player or like a um if you think that you're not like worthy of being in a rock band like you watch those videos and like these bands are rocking and they're like not incredibly versatile when they're playing but it just still is like so perfect yeah i'm gonna have to check i added some mecha normal song to my playlist to check out later yeah no also um yeah, I'm like really into that. I'm I'm like very I'm actually like 
really big music nerd. I just don't talk about it because I don't want to sound like Anthony Fantano. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Also, like throbbing gristle. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you Shit's listen great. to albums or songs? Because I'm a song I listen guy. To this records. Time. I'm I'm this a day. lot more of like a Spotify streaming an album person. Like that. Like what? Like I nod out when I turn on something and I'm just like sitting back and like trying to just feel it. Like, cause that's, that's my thing. Like I'll like do something else while listening to music a lot. Like I, I'm not really someone that will just like sit there and listen to music anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm more like listen to music while doing a task. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like, um, I'll sit there and just listen to music sometimes, but I don't do it for like long periods of time necessarily. I mean, I guess I do sometimes, but I have, I get kind of sucked into the Spotify vortex of like going through this band's discography and like kind of just listening, skimming through and saving songs and then go down and see, you know, fans of this band also listen to these bands. And then I go through all of those. And then I'm, then I've been on Spotify for two hours, just like listening to random bands and saving random songs. Yeah, hold on one sec, sorry. No did, problem. Did that play? Uh, no, it sounded like it was coming from the receiver, whatever it was. All right, no problem. Yeah, because I was, um, yeah, I accidentally clicked play on something, so I, I felt bad. But that <laughs> was just because I was, like, looking at Spotify. Because I've been listening to this, um, I've been listening to this, like, thing called, um, like like this band called Ogre You Asshole. Yeah, they're a Japanese band. Yeah, and I, I was like, I've been really into them, so. Yeah, they're cool. Yeah. Man, it goes so deep. Were you um, a music nerd? When did you, like, ha- have you been a music nerd your whole life? Or? Yeah, I, honestly, yeah. I, I kind of just, like, I kind of have always been, like, trying to expand my sound through, like, like opening my music taste a lot more. You know, I always say that the first step in writing a song is listening to songs. Yeah, and like supporting other other musicians. Um, I think it's like uh, really you like really do take stuff subconsciously from whatever you're listening to. Yeah, yeah. I um, I've actually been like a lot of my. A lot of my main influence right now has been through, um, like, like Japanese indie rock and like stuff like that. Cause oh, that, um, there's like, there, it's such a specific and amazing sound, like with the strings and stuff. Yeah. I've been like I really, really inspired by the way that the, um, like Analog Fish, that's a really cool band. Oh, and like, there's just like so much so much amazing stuff like tokyo ska paradise you know like there's who you should check out that i think you might really like is yeah you might know them already but shinsei kamata chan i'll spell it in the chat yeah i don't know who that is so i'm down Um, yeah because i the singer of this band is uh basically non-binary which is not common in japan um yeah so they a lot of their songs have deal with that and deal with like being antisocial and stuff. And it's very like, um, a lot of it is very crudely recorded and like very punk and like, Oh, this, this looks great. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm like, I'm looking at the, um, 
looking at like the bio and stuff. I think you'll dig it. It's super interesting. Yeah, no, I I love that kind of stuff. I I think like I think that's like I think Japan and um and like like France are like the main places that I hope I can get to with my music. Like not not in like a like get accepted in those places. Like actually, just like physically go and play. Yeah, touring Japan would be a dream come true. Yeah, no, there's like. I think that there's something to be said about like the work that a lot of those artists put into their songs. Like, you ever listen to Trico? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy. I like. I like their first couple of albums. I kind of stopped following after that. Yeah, no, Evan, who recorded the self-titled record, listens to a lot of Trico, and we actually, um, we, like, hung out and listened to a whole lot of it in the studio, and I remember they make, um, they use a lot, like, a lot of those bands use, like, Ampeg SVTs and stuff, and they they always sound, like, incredible, and I want to, like we were talking about how like the bass tone in a lot of those like type bands, like the, like the mathier indie bands over there, like the bass tone is just so incredibly like dense. Yeah. I noted that the, um, Trico's guitar tone is crazy. Yeah, no, it's amazing. It's like, it's like super thin, but also like super thin, but like super driving. I always love that. So, um, the album came out, your new album. Uh, yeah. How, how does it feel? Oh, it feels great. People have been so nice to us that I, I'm like really not stressed out, which has been like a really nice feeling, like feeling like you, um, put out something that's not like the end of the world. How is working with, uh, the record label Don Giovanni? Oh, they're great. Um, had such such a blast with them they've been um really really nice to us have helped us out like like no other um they we are very lucky to be on that label we've been trying to get on it for many years and they were like super down with this last record so cool we're gonna do um we're probably gonna keep doing a lot with them for a long time that's awesome. Do you have plans to do any like um, live stream performances or anything like that? Yes, we're going to be announcing um, a release stream pretty soon. Like, just like wanted to see if the hype was there and then try and like do like a stream for it. Awesome. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, no, we're trying to. Um, trying to make do with COVID and stuff. I know that we, um, we're doing in a couple weeks, a, a thing where we play individual songs for people. If they order a lath cut mm. and we're going to this like studio in New York city that makes vinyl with like a fifties lath cut maker. Whoa. And if you, and it's like every single take is made to order and everyone picks a song. It's it's really cool. Like it's like um people like pick a song and then we play it and it, that take is theirs. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, see and like we do like 
it's kind of a cool thing, yeah. Like we do like a we do like a message, a personalized message on the first side, and then the second side we play the song. When is that happening? That's um November twenty second. Okay, this will probably be out before then. So, cool. Yeah, yeah, um, I'm excited. It seems like a really weird and interesting way to connect to people during COVID. So, yeah, how did that come about? Um, they emailed us, and it seemed really um, it was a weird um, weird feeling, and I wasn't wasn't sure about it at first, but it actually felt very um. It felt very normal and cool to do. How is it coordinating such like a big lineup? Um, How many people are in your band? Um, there's um six people in my band, and I guess um, that's not that big, but see, it seems like a lot of people when I see the yeah, promos was, and whatnot. I would say that there was like uh, there was a um there was a point where there was a lot more people and it it feels very good to um feels very good to be just like in like a band that's like less dense like i had like 12 people at one point oh my god do you do that intentionally do you think there's some sort of reason for that beyond the like kind of practical reasons of having this person to play this instrument yeah no i i think that i've always been heavily into like like very like dense um type mixes live like i really like in your face jarring stuff and we like now having six people is great but we didn't have big enough amps at the time so the more people the better word yeah i wish i could get someday have i I mean i just like layering guitars and stuff and i don't it wasn't until recently before the pandemic that i started trying to think of the live performance the way i do the recorded mix you know thinking okay this is a mix of its own that i have to pay attention to rather than just letting whatever happens happens you know your songs are fucking sweet i was like i've been so i was so into like your shit with comps and i'm like excited about your new stuff like that was like that's some like great music i remember we were like asked to we were asked to play with y'all in Asbury, and I didn't, I didn't like know you. And then I listened to it, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like I like, am in love with these songs. <laughs> wow, I'm glad to hear that. I'm I'm glad that we played that show and got connected, and I'm happy we were getting to chat. Yeah, definitely. I was like, "Oh my god!" It reminds me of like, it literally reminds me of if like Jonathan Richmond was like was like electronic. Like it was real. It's really cool. <laughs> cool. I'll send yeah. you uh, my new demos. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and I also um, on the side I do I draw, and I also um, I also like have been um, I've been working on um, hot sauce. Like that's been my newest. Um, cool, because yeah, my I wanted newest, to ask what else adventure. I wanted to ask what else you've been up to. Um, hot sauce. How did how did you get into that? I got into it in um, like over quarantine, and I've been selling selling bottles of hot sauce and shipping them, and that's been like kind of like my employment at the moment. Um, trying to make a um, 
make a living doing that because it's something I'm really passionate about. Like I've always been into like flavor stuff. Um, I've sold out of everything thus far, except my newest flavor that I'm doing that I have, um, I have like 10 left and I've been making like reasonable, um, reasonable numbers. So I've been able to sell out. So that's been really nice. Do you make it Um, at home? Yeah. Yeah. I make it at home and wear a mask and everything and like do like, uh, but, and it's like, it's only to like friends and, um, I post about it, but yeah, I haven't like gone anywhere to like vend it or anything. I gotta get some of that. I love yeah, good hot I, sauce. Um, I, I have a um the newest flavor I have is like a Thai iced tea one where it's I make Thai, I made Thai iced tea and then I put cornstarch in it and used oat milk and not regular milk and I put habanero peppers in it. Complete goner hot sauce on Instagram. Complete goner yeah, sauce. Yeah, yeah. Oh you found it? Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. It's been um been my my side thing and it's been really real it's been good for me because it's it makes me feel like i'm not just a musician how long does it take (laughs) to make a batch um it's kind of it's kind of weird how little it takes it um i actually made a um i'm it takes me about 30 minutes um depending on the flavor like fermenting stuff is different like i um i'm right now putting dried peppers like because for habaneros you don't really have to grow them or anything you can buy them at the store and i've taken dried habaneros and i put them in vinegar for a while like let them ferment into it and then have been doing that but like i'm gonna start growing some soon like i'm making um i'm getting joala peppers which is like um the predominant pepper used in like indian food if you like ask for spicy wow um and then i'm also gonna start growing scotch bonnets which is like more like caribbean style pepper and um yeah no i i've been really into it i i'm into like very hot so that's been you should live stream yourself making it sometime i think that would be interesting I'm thinking about it. It it just the only feeling I have about it is like I I just um I just want to like I, I want to like be like kind of like not like secretive about what I use in my stuff, mm. but I do want to like I do want it to like taste not like anyone else's. That makes sense. Yeah, because I'm like. I'm really into the idea of like having like a really like like specific type flavor. Like yeah, it's it, it's been cool though. I've been like really working hard on it and it's like my uh, my other passion that's not on stage is in the kitchen, so how much is it? Um, I ask for $10 a bottle and I get like actual glass bottles that I put it in and then I um I, I asked for five for shipping because shipping glass, unfortunately, is some bullshit. Yeah, you know, um, my roommate had somebody send him some hot sauce and it broke in the mail, so... I, uh, yeah, that's why I got so much bubble wrap now. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll buy some. Um, oh, that's ha- how, how's the drawing going? Good. I gave up recently because uh, I'm 
not inspired by my surroundings right now. Mm-hmm. But I think that I'm probably going to start drawing like a motherfucker when I go on tour again or like do something that I think is fun again. Because right now it's like there's just nothing to draw because shit's right. been kind of a bummer. Yeah, I wish I I've um I've a hard, I wish I could draw what I want to draw, and so you know I can't. So late I've re- restructured my thinking about it to just draw whatever happens rather than trying to draw something specific. Oh yeah, no I I've been feeling very complicated about it. I'm just hoping that my my emotions get back to a state where I feel like I could um where I could like just um no 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 I hope that my emotions don't get to a state that like I just never draw again and I'm hoping that it eventually gets gets to a better place. Well I think it will. And oh, uh thank I think you. you're doing really great. <laughs> and I appreciate you talking to me. Yeah, thank you. Um I guess if people wanna keep up with you teenage halloween on instagram yeah um <laughs> yeah no also um on Bandcamp, on um on facebook twitter is where i just bullshit all day long so if you want to hear my like my complete and utter mania follow us on twitter um yeah check out the new record <laughs> yeah thank you and no uh, <laughs> Buy some hot sauce. Yeah, no, weird enough. That's that's how it is. <laughs> okay, well, thanks, Luke. No problem. Thank you so much for having me on. <laughs>